This is Season 2, Episode 6 of the Launch Gold Podcast. In this episode, I asked one of our very first Capstone graduates to share with us what's been going on a few years removed from graduating Capstone. Michael joined Launch Gold in 2016, finished Capstone in 2017, and is now making, quote, quarter of a million at Facebook working on the Oculus VR team. We always talk about Launch School being a long-term investment, so now we get to see what the returns on that investment can look like. I love this conversation because despite the dream job and impressive salary, Michael absolutely exudes humility. He says something in this episode that I completely agree with, which is that humans are more similar than we are different, and that if he can do it, anyone can. Just two years ago, he was just like you here at Launch School working through the assignments. Note that this episode was originally recorded in the fall of 2019, and it is now at the time of publishing this episode, mid-2020. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the Launch School Podcast, where we discuss education, programming, and how to build a rewarding career in software engineering. All right, welcome to another episode of the Launch School Podcast. Today we have Michael Mintel. And Michael, you want to say hi real quick? Hey, guys. Excited to be here. All right. And Michael is a previous Launch School student, Capstone grad from many, many years ago, one of our earliest Capstone graduates. And so I invited him here to the podcast to talk about his experience since uh, graduating from Capstone and his experiences so far. So what are you up to nowadays, Michael? Yeah, so so right now I'm finishing up a little little break between jobs. I'm starting at uh, Facebook on Monday, actually. So it, it's uh, Friday today. So just got the weekend, and I'll be starting up at uh, Facebook. Oh wow, I didn't know it was that fast. So you're 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 ready to go Facebook on Monday. So maybe talk about sort of the the hiring process because I think a lot of people don't know that they they sort of um, hire from a very centralized standpoint, and then different teams um, sort of pick the people who get through that process. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very interesting process. They they have a boot camp model um, where they have this sort of two month sort of process where you where you come in and you uh, they have some like general technologies and like the the different tools and things that at Facebook. One of the things you don't necessarily realize about these big companies is um, you know companies like Google and Facebook might might not use like things like Git and a lot of these open source tools because there's you know, security and like liability issues. So anyway, they have their own specific tech. Um, and so there's this like ramp up period. Uh, so the first couple of weeks is just like pure tech stuff. And then uh, after that, you sort of do a speed dating, let's say with hiring managers. And then the way it's been explained to me is you actually pick the position like, you know, and, and this, this, I guess this is the theoretical process, but you, you pick the team and they're not allowed to say no to you per se, but they, you know, obviously if it's not a, a good fit and you can't perform with the expectations of that role or the manager hates you, you probably shouldn't, uh, <laughs> probably a bad choice. Uh, but that's the way it was explained to me. Right. They give you like the janitor equivalent of, uh, of a role on the team, fix all the, all the little maintenance bugs. Yeah. So which team are you, uh, thinking about joining or engaged with at the moment? Right. Um, possibly Oculus. I'm gunning for Oculus. I've been Ooh. super excited about VR for a while. Um, and one of the the guy who like championed me for, you know, I did really well in the interview with him is a tech lead at Oculus. And he said, uh, there's an open role on his team, which is like a infrastructure, like dev tool role. And so I should get a you know recommendation to that role. Or he, he said he would as soon as I 
I've started and he's just been waiting for me to kind of come across the, uh, you know, see me, see that I've joined uh, so he can do that. Um, but, you know, it's not guaranteed or anything. Uh, they do have this general funnel. So we'll see how things shake out. But that's that's what I'm shooting for. God, that's so exciting. You know, AR, VR, one of the major techno- technology trends you see coming and you just know that our world somehow is going to be majorly affected by that technology down the line. And to just be part of that, I think is exciting. Absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked about it. I mean, I've, I've been like, I used to volunteer at the, uh, just an interesting anecdote here is I, I used to volunteer or actually not volunteer, but there's like these brand ambassador things for like the, uh, big conferences like PAX and connect and, and a lot of these conferences. And, um, I would always, uh, do the brand ambassador thing for the uh, for Oculus because I just wanted to be able to play with like the early SDKs and whatnot. And at the time I was super broke <laughs> uh, living in uh, my girlfriend's parents' basement. This is before uh, launch goal, like years and years ago. Yeah, this was, uh, well, this was like maybe right prior to launch school and then during launch school. Um, okay, still years and years ago because you've been out for, for quite a while now. Yeah, several years. Uh, what, what? Actually, let's see. I started at council two years ago in June. So in 2017, and then like, I don't know. Which will make you one of the first capstone grads actually. Uh, That's right. Yeah, just because um, launch school started in early 2016 and it you know takes some time to get through that curriculum and then participate in capstone and then get through that in 2017 uh, where a lot, you know, the first batch of capstone grads kind of got their jobs. But let me talk about Facebook. I have a couple questions related to that before we move off yeah. of that real quick. Um, so you go through the central hiring process at Facebook, and I think Google hires the same way. So a lot of big companies hire this way. And then you get matched to a particular team. Does uh, does the salary matter here in terms of what team you're jumping to? Like, does Oculus pay a lot higher than, you know, an SRE role? Or, or is it just like you, you get, you know, sort of a salary decision made, and then you can go whichever team you want to? Yeah. So if you come in, so I came in as a full stack generalist. If you come in as a specialist, then your, your salary will be, will pertain to the position that you're going to work in. But uh, in terms of Facebook, they've already, you know, we already talked through the offer and, and the, the compensation. Okay. So um, you already know how much you're going to make regardless of what team you go to. That's right. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. It, now, s- sensitive question. Are you, are you willing to share? what that is, what the conversation is. Yeah, I, I can give like, or a hint. About where it's, at. it's about, um, so it's about a quarter million total cost. <laughs> I like the way you phrase that quarter. Million. That's a, uh, that's an outrageously high, uh, high number. It, you know, it's really interesting. Um, it, it does, uh, you know, part of me is like, holy crap. I mean, especially compared to, you know, two years ago, it, like earning no money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little crazy uh, to see how far that, I, that I've come. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely though, you know, I think a lot of the anonymous, anonymous uh, platforms like blind and uh, there's like some other like websites, level dot FYI, I think is one of them, but you can kind of see what people are making. And uh, you know, that helped in, you know, like the, the more you learn about how much other people are making, you realize, Oh, you know, and we should say this is the Bay Area, right? You're in the Bay this Area, is the Bay Area. but it, yeah. I mean it's high anywhere, but specifically this is the Bay Area. Now, okay, so I think the 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 major question is how how do you get here? So sometimes you do see hints of salaries and high. Now this is not your first job out of Capstone. 
Is this your this is your second or third or second? This is your second job uh, out of out of Capstone. And um, are you are you willing to share what your what your first salary was out of Capstone in two thousand seventeen? Yeah, and I, I do want to be clear that like that is total comp. Um, right. The, but the base uh, coming out of camp, Capstone uh, was 105 and there was equity. Uh, that ended up being worth about 50K uh, over that two years. So I, however, you, if you want to amortize that, I guess the first year I ended up making, you know, let's say 130. Right. Uh, um, although they told me it would be worth a lot more. So I, you know, <laughs> always that... Uh, you, you know, uh, there's always that risk when you're joining a right. private company. I mean, yeah. they might not have liquidated ever. So, um, right. Yeah, to get a liquidation uh, a liquidation action sort of just one or two years out, I think that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, however you count it, where I'm at now, just two years down the road, is about double the, the, the yearly comp. Um, and so after gaining some experience, like two years, two years of experience, you're able to sort of make the secondary jump and significantly boost your your salary to, to Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I sort of, uh, I, I could have, a lot of people, there's a lot of brain drain after the uh, acquisition. Um, mm. So I was one of the, I stuck around because I wanted to finish some of the projects that I had going on. And, um, you know, I, there's no real reason I couldn't have maybe transitioned a little sooner, but. Uh, You're responsible. Yeah, I, I, I like the people there. I liked what I was working on. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I want to finish things. So. Okay, so this is really good. I think I think anybody, uh, especially people earlier in the launch school curriculum listening to this might just go, well, you know, quarter million, that's just an unfathomable number. You know, I'd work for like 60 or 70 or, you know, anything like that. Let's, sure. let's just take a step back for a sec and just talk about how you got here because it, it, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, we're talking two, three years, which in sort of today's, um, sped up world seems like a long time, but really it's, it's not right. It's not that long, um, time ago. So let's, let's sort of rewind a little bit to maybe, um, even before launch school and which is like what, 2016 or so we're, we're in 2019 now in case someone's listening to this way in, way in the future, but three years ago, where, where were you at? How did you, what were you doing sort of before launch school? Um, and what's your background? And uh, you know, how did you how did you decide first? You know, you're gonna learn a program, and how did you find launch school and and and, and all that? Let's let's go back. Let's rewind it there. Okay. Yeah. So so I guess uh, what I, my background is, I have a degree in electrical engineering. Um, I don't know if you want to go back that far. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I I had a degree in electrical engineering, and I was working at this in in the power industry, which is like a super slow, hyper regulated industry because there's you know. Mm-hmm. sort of critical infrastructure and I didn't like that industry very much and I at the point that point in my life I was I didn't really know what I want like at that point I was just sort of following society's plan and uh mm-hmm. I, anyway I decided I didn't like it uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do this is in Seattle now this is uh this is actually on the east side of the state in Washington so in okay. Portland, Washington, which is just like a little farming town like the population of the town drops to like 6,000 uh, when it's not, when school isn't in session, then it's like 20,000 students when, you know, so it's, it's mostly a college town, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was going insane. So I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just decided I would go travel around in Southeast Asia and specifically Thailand hmm. uh, and take a sabbatical. And it was interesting because this was actually during the coup. There's a coup in Thailand at the time. <laughs> right. I remember and that. I was just, I was just like, I'm going. Like, I, I, I don't care. Like, I, I looked it up, and every coup, they've had a coup every decade for like 80 years or something, and they've always been peaceful coups. So I was just, 
this is very weird, but I'm just going to go. Um, and maybe I'll get some better deals on the uh, hostels. I don't know. Yeah, somehow uh, I convinced my buddies to go too. And anyway, I spent like three months traveling around Asia. It was awesome. Uh, it was a real eye-opener for me just in terms of like being independent um, and just relying, like self-confidence, I, I think. Anyway, uh, that was a great trip. Uh, but I came back and I did a lot of like journaling and thinking while I was there. And I came back and um, one of the things I'd written this list of like possible futures, you know, and then so I'm very much the type of person who's like, I need to have like some long range plan or, or purpose. And then I can build backwards from that. And uh, I had identified like software as something I w- was good at and I liked. And it was like added a lot of value to society. So there's like, I think those are three really good criteria to judge like a career path on. Mm-hmm. But I also had some random things like, not random, but I was like, I wrote part of a novel and published it on Amazon. <laughs> really? I did not know that. You know, actually, I named it badly. I, I named it Swept Away. And and apparently that's a very popular name for romance novels. <laughs> Is it a romance novel? I was going to ask that. It's not a romance novel. Oh, okay. It's like an adventure novel. But anyway, I got halfway through it. I released two parts. I was just like, this is so hard and there's no reward <laughs> for like and i was like yeah this isn't this isn't work for me like it doesn't provide any value now this is three years out of college two years work one year travel at this point okay yeah yeah this is like that's about right and so then the other things i tried was like video game development and like i tried a, a few different things and uh basically um arrived at web because it was a really great entry point and then i started looking around at um different like schools or or different. I didn't want to go back to like college. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was very leery of like the boot camp model. I was looking for something that was sort of in between. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't want to rush it. Like I I really value the fundamentals, especially uh, I played a lot of sports and people who try and disregard the fundamentals just suck. They they aren't very Mm -hmm. good. They aren't good teammates. They aren't good performers. And I I don't want to rush it. Like I wanted to, to be actually good at it. And sort of material on launch schools page like really spoke to me in terms of being a um uh, just like the like fundamentals first and all that the the ideals yeah the ideals i think what what really like what i liked was uh the serious path or the the slow path for serious developers Mm -hmm. i think is what it was before i think it's different now but uh, yeah we call it studious uh, this is one thing we noticed uh, when we made that change because a lot of people we found consider themselves serious so but seriousness sort of conflates the desire to learn from studiousness which is a commitment to learning so that's so we change it to 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 studious but yeah that's fine it's uh trying to get at the core right it's just a a a more niche revision not not necessarily not didn't change our philosophy or anything yeah, yeah. And then so after I after so the, I made So that, this is 2016, you came to launch school. Yes. Yeah. In 2016, like it was in, you know, uh, I decided to get into software like beginning of that year. I was trying to hack it on my own, decided I needed some, some sort of structure. Yeah. I started doing launch school like part time, maybe I want to say like May-ish, somewhere around May. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working as a carpenter at that at that point oh like my I, gosh I, you've done yeah. everything i see i don't i didn't know this about you You're writer uh traveler and a carpenter apparently yeah carpentry yeah is interesting yeah i've done a, i've done a fair amount of uh and a power engineer 
Yeah, I've been a cook uh, as well. <laughs> I used to work on a fishing boat out of Alaska, which is one of the best, the worst experiences that is also one of the best experiences I've ever had. You don't know what hard work is until you've worked 16 hours a day on a fishing boat. <laughs> I can imagine. I wonder if, so one of the things I wanted to maybe um, point out was how you said, and a lot of students at Launchable say this, is that when they come to us, they find the messaging, it just really resonates with them in terms that they understand intuitively almost that learning fundamentals is the key that unlocks long-term success. One of the reasons why I have you on the podcast now is because as one of the earliest Capstone students, we get to talk about what that long-term success looks like, right? I've always talked about it, and I think people think it makes sense, but you're one of the first evidence, right, that we have of this because being one of the first Capstone graduates. But the question I have for you is how come at that stage where we didn't have a lot of evidence, where, um, you know, Capstone was a fairly new program at that point in time, 2016, 17, and a launch school itself was um, sort of a new update of our of our previous curriculum. So we didn't have a lot of proof. Well, how, how come that it just made intuitive sense to you to learn fundamentals, learn things well? Is it just because you're good at a lot of different things and you sort of notice that you have to have fundamentals and all these different things to be good? Or what was what played a part in that intuition? Oh, sure. Yeah. So So I think that past experience is definitely one thing. You know, I, I've personally experienced, like, usually I, I become pretty well or pretty good at things that I, like, spend time on, but I usually start very badly. Like, I'm, I usually suck. And I have this motto, personal motto called embrace the suck, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm, I'm okay with just being terrible. And, uh, you know, but eventually I usually tend to, I, I don't know if I'd say dominate, but def- definitely, like, in my own groups, if I play, if, even if it's a game, like, let's say it's a game, like, my my friends in college, like there's this uh this is very anecdotal, but there's this like they would accuse me of like practicing or or, or whatever. But it's like, no, I just you know It's like, like actually, shoots and ladders, you're there by yourself, just practicing the <laughs> dice roll. Well, there's like uh it was like a Mortal Kombat type game. I forget what it was called, but basically I ended up just starting to just obliterate everybody and they stopped playing <laughs> with me because it wasn't fun. But I you know, anyway, in, in general, like I don't have any judgment about myself that I'm going to be bad. And I've just realized that you just put away the outcome in the beginning and mm-hmm. focus on the fundamentals and you'll, you'll become good. That's exactly so so right. that's one is past experience. Number two is I have taken some courses. There's like a course on learning how to learn by Barbara Oakley and, and they talk about sort of, uh, yeah, that's in yeah. our prep course, by the way, we actually mandate people go through that course. In, in, oh, really? in, yeah, in the free portion, in our free courses, in our pre- preparatory courses. It might have not been there when you were there, but we've, we've, uh, it's been there for a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. No, I had, I had taken it uh, sort of independent of launch school. It's, neuroscience has always been a pet inter- interest of mine because the more time I, I spend working on my cognition, since that's my primary, the primary thing that I sell, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. what I do for work, uh, the, be- you know, the better mm-hmm. that will, you know, Warren Buffett says you're the best investment you can make. So, uh, anyway, like I had these other external, like, like my life experience and these other credit, like indicators of like, yes, you need to learn the fundamentals. And then I think the other question is like, why did I trust launch school? Like, you know, I don't know if you would ask that question or just why. Yeah, you can, I, I did ask that, but you can, you can share. Yeah. So, so what I did there is I just incrementally committed until I made a, a hard full-time commitment. So I started part-time in May um, and I was doing maybe 10 or 15 hours a week, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the more I saw of you guys, the more I liked it. I really loved the assessment based approach and actually like testing that I had learned something. 
And so after a few months, I decided to go uh, full time. I actually borrowed money from friends and family so I could support myself in that period. Um, and I went full time for about five months with Core. Uh, so I started in August full time and I finished actually, yeah, I started in August. I finished in December, maybe early January, and then I started Capstone in January. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kudos to friends and family. Just some found some random online thing and, and uh, they just gave you money for it. That's that's nice. Yeah, I, I did give them some interest, not a lot, but you know, <laughs> okay. I did take this or Very fair of you. Um, and so it took you. So it took you about uh, six months full time, plus a few months part time to go through core. Is that sort of rough, roughly? Well, I started full time in August, and I finished in early January in core. Um, and I did part time for three months, so it was okay. like three yeah. months part time, four, five, four and a half months or something. Okay. So that's fine. But, yeah. but you should keep in mind that I've done some programming before, right? Um, and you should also keep in mind that I was like really motivated, and I was like sort of that Odysseus contract of borrowing money was a useful forcing function, and also just the frustration of like I'm just ready to not be in the situation I was in anymore. Right. Um, so I was working like six, seven days a week um, at that point, like all day, every day. Yeah, and now everyone can, can can do that, right? A lot of people have family and, and kids and they have a job that pays the mortgage. And I think whatever situation you're in, you have to be okay with that. Because yes. even if you're working full-time borrowing money, that adds a different set of pressures. Now it's financial pressure, right? And um, in your case, it worked out well, you were able to go through the material, but suppose you encounter some topic that was very foreign or very difficult. You just have to spend more time there. And if you have that financial pressure, like I'm running out of borrow money, I have to borrow more money, which I don't want to do. You know, my, my Absolutely. friends and family are asking me when I graduate and I, you know, I don't want to give them the mastery based learning spiel about there's no time, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that's hard for them to conceive. So I have to pass this assessment. Like that's just another set of pressure that takes you away from mastery based learning right so yes that's fair but in your case it worked out and I, yeah and i think this is what this is the key to mastery based learning it's not that it is itself a pedagogy that fits everybody it is that it allows you a chance to figure it out for yourself right it gives you time to figure out what works for you and your situation financial situation right um and how well you study and all that yeah i don't i don't recommend the approach that i take that i took <laughs> per, per se uh, absolutely. So, okay. So, so after Capstone, you uh, went through a job hunt process and you got a job. I forgot how long it took you, but it, it seemed like it was in a normal duration, you know, two to three months or something like that. Right. That's um, right. So I think the Capstone went from, I want to say like January to like maybe end of like mid January to uh, March or April. And, and, we're, then, and we're talking 2017. No, right? no, it's, it's March. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. We're talking 2017 now. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah. I finished Capstone like right at the beginning of 2017, then finished Capstone by March. And I had an offer. I had my first op offer, I think, in April. And then oh, I didn't fast. accept an offer until May. So it was okay. about, uh, I think, two months of like interviews. Okay. So you didn't take your first offer um, and then took your second offer um, that you like better? Well, I had like four. I mean, I mean, I only had like two reasonable like offers, but, but I have like. But I don't five. think you took your highest offer. I th I think I remember that. No, part. no, I didn't. Yeah, I think you took just because you liked the the lower offer company better, which turned out to be a great choice because it sounds like you, um, you know, they got acquired, 
you were able to liquidate your op, um, options or your um, stock units and obviously hop to Facebook. So yeah. And at the point when I joined, we were trying to launch all these services and it was like a make or break the company type of thing. And it was a really great experience. You know, I got a lot of breadth touching everything from sort of the back end infrastructure, like AWS stuff mm-hmm. and the monitoring stuff all the way to the, you know, I got to touch everything across the, the entire stack. And um, it was a great sort of growth experience as well. And this is the type of thing I want to express to a lot of people. They don't realize what a lot of people don't realize, especially people learning early in, in, in their uh, journey, is that there's a huge difference between um, working on features and applications where you don't have to worry about deployment. So, for example, a lot of consultancies are this way, right? You are tasked to build feature after feature after feature, and then you hand off the code and application to somebody else after you're done. But the real key is actually seeing this thing in deployment and understanding how the data flows and the usage patterns affect um, the application, how to scale it. Like if you were to build 10 applications with the same technology stack, same identical feature set, and deploy it in 10 different use cases with different usage patterns and different set of users, over time, these are going to become 10 unique different applications requiring different engineering trade-offs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and to experience that requires that you work with an application that's in production, that's been ongoing for a little while and with actual users, with real data. And that way you get to feel the engineering trade-offs involved in dealing with this specific type of usage, right? And that's that's the key. It, and I think that's the biggest difference between what I, what I consider a good job what I consider a job that will really help you grow and understand what software engineering is about versus like building features, right? Building features is not that interesting from a long-term perspective. And they live in a, you know, kind of like you, I think maybe what you're saying is, you know, the feature actually lives, isn't an independent thing per se, uh, especially if it has to scale. I mean, you know, maybe the way like that feature might not make sense at a certain scale that, uh, that another that it did originally, like maybe it has to be some sort of async processing now because there's just so much, you know, data yep. um, that it can't happen synchronously or, you know, these workflows might change depending on the, the scale that, you, that you're working at or just the ecosystem and the other services it has to depend on, you know, it depends. Right. <laughs> it's like an engineering problem. It kind of, it, it depends. It's not a completely independent thing. Right. Um, and would you say this experience really helped you jump, make the jump to Facebook, experiencing all these things, all these applications in production, dealing with production issues and working with data and working with the infrastructure side? You know, I, I think it definitely helped because I was able to have some more interesting, like in-depth converse, conversations about projects I was working on. You know, uh, that isn't to say that you couldn't just, like it probably more affects leveling than, than anything. Um, because I mean, they hire people who out of college who have no experience, but, but it definitely helped uh, in terms of like leveling and compensation to be able to say, yeah, I have a breadth of experience. I can talk intelligently about these projects. So if you, yeah, if you want to be paid more and have more responsibility, you have to demonstrate that, that you have that technical breadth and, that te- right. and, and the depth as well. Right. Cause a lot of people envision themselves working up to a Facebook type of job, but if you see their first job. It's like working on a, you know, a landing page at a marketing agency. It's just like, I'm not sure that's going to get you there, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, what, I what advice do you have in terms of like for people starting out early? I mean, obviously, like, for example, you don't have a, you know, PhD in computer science. Um, you do have a good academic background, engineering background, all that. But, you know, it's it's you can work your way up, but it's not necessarily the way that I think a lot of people think. Yeah. So so I guess there's um, maybe there's some sort of linear progression there or something in most people's minds and like mm -hmm. working at the marketing agency is like level one. But, you know, the it's a question of what skills actually translate. And, um, you know, at Facebook, you're kind of working at a, you know, ideally you have some system at a smaller company that, yeah, I, I think ideally you work at a growth stage company where you, you maybe get to see like a, a few, an evolution of the product and, and some of the growing pains. So I came into the company. I was working at a point where we we're moving from an an old monolith and we we're breaking it out into micro like you know quote unquote microservices just smaller services that we could scale up independently and so i got to see some of those growing pains and and some of the evolution of you know an old system into a new system um and i think that seeing that especially end to end you know when it's still small and manageable you can sort of get an idea of you know i was working on multiple services not just there's like one core service that our team worked on but i ended up working on like three or four other services and getting to see that sort of ecosystem uh, of services and how they've evolved over time um, gave me like a lot of breadth. And now, and now when I, you know, that's sort of the top of the T let's say, whereas Facebook, you're, you maybe you zero in on one thing and you're working at scale, but you know, you know how that one thing fits in, in the bigger picture. Um, and so you can start to actually makes you a better engineer because you can make reasonable. I mean, you gotta be careful about, making too many predictions, but you can, you can sort of at least generate some ideas about how a change you make now will affect things downstream. Um, and you can make some good arguments about maintainability. Whereas if you don't have that big picture sort of zoomed out view of everything, you don't have a good intuition for, for how things will evolve and you'll just run into things face first. Right. Uh, and all of this is is really, I think, a reflection of strong fundamentals, right? It's 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 mm -hmm. um, not something that you can just establish, um, sort of in a vacuum. Like, learn intuition, right? In in terms of how mm -hmm. this uh, decision will impact a product or application months later, you have to start from somewhere. And I think a lot of this intuition, these high level skills, is is really enabled by a very strong fundamental problem-solving, computing, programming um, base, right? You know, at Logical, we spent so much time trying to convince people to take a longer period of time to learn fundamentals. And, uh, you know, people are like, well, who wants to be slower? It's, it's not slower, period. It's slower so that you can really unlock long-term value and that you can really learn faster later, right? You can yeah. learn, <laughs> you get to learn much faster later on um we call this just-in-time learning right and uh you get to unlock just-in-time learning but only if you take time to learn fundamentals slowly and let it learn really simmer simmer in right and um that you understand it and i think we've right. been saying that and i think for people like you when you find us i think intuitively that makes sense from your previous experience but i think for the first time we're able to show proof like your journey is one of the first evidence that we have uh, of early capstone students who have taken sort of the slow path and how the strength of their fundamentals are, are magnified years later, right? It's not something that you can see like immediately. 
right? It's it's like it's like eating vegetables or something, right? It's but you can see it later, and I think your journey is uh is proof of that. I, I yeah, I mean, I, I resonate with that philosophy. I and one thing that I like to say to myself that I learned from my sky my skydiving instructor was, uh, "Slow is smooth, and smooth is fast," right? And and that mm. is the motto is like with regards to pulling your pilot chute, right? You don't want to be back there like slapping around, like frantically trying to find it, you know, rush through it. Um, and, and I guess this is a little bit of, of a, not, not a perfect metaphor, but, but I like it because when you're, when you're measured and, and you're, you're deliberate and you're about it, then, then you end up moving uh, sort of faster overall, uh, even if your initial velocity seems slow. You, you kind of like a train, a train, you know, you got all this momentum, like nothing's going to kind of stop you or get in your way, even, even though, it, you know, it takes a little while to get, get the train moving, but, uh, you know, you, you become unstoppable later. So that's exactly right. You unlock so much, again, what we call just in time learning. And this is what employers are looking for. You're, you unlock so much ability to learn later. And by the way, when you gave that example, my other thought that just came to mind was you also skydive. My goodness, you do everything. All I, right, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it, uh, any any sort of before before we go here, uh, any advice you might have for sort of logical people earlier in the process? Maybe if they're stuck on something very basic. And I know when I was you know in in school, college, way long long time ago, uh, one of the things in the back of my mind is always like, do I really have to know this? Is You know, the professor, does he, does he really know what's going on in the world? Like, is this something that I really have to know? Or is it just like for intellectual purposes only, right? Like, um, I, and I think sometimes maybe people at launch will feel that way too, because we ask for so much depth. Any advice for people, people there? I think number one is um, when I decided to go full time with launch school, I, I just decided that um, I, you know, I trusted you. I trusted the launch school um, and I was just going to trust that and commit all the way and see it through. Um, and I think, um, yeah, in terms of like people like you not understanding the hurdles or, or the, the things being asked of you, I, I, yeah, I think there's two things. One is you got to trust whoever you're engaging with, the school, like, you know, whenever you make that decision, for me, it was a few different decision points. Um, you know, one was to do part-time and then one was to convert to full-time. Um, and so, yeah, I think, look, if, if you're going to be involved with the program, like you should need to make it clear, have some sort of point where you're maybe trying, trying it out, you're sort of part-time or whatever, uh, in terms of like mindset. And then like, at some point you got to convert and just be like, you know, I'm all in, I trust these guys. I'm going to go all in. I'm not going to like constantly question myself. It's just an energy suck. The, the second thing is you know, you can ask about it. Like, uh, you're a nice guy. I mean, I definitely, uh, especially when I was, uh, considering offers and, 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 and things, um, you know, I, I had a lot of conversations with you and, uh, you know, you guys are usually open. I don't know how busy you are now as the program has been scaling, but you know, I would, I would definitely ask and, and like post in the community and, um, ask people that have been, been there before. Um, yeah, we we don't we're not interested in scaling the business. <laughs> it's not, it's not a concern. We're we're just. Um, oh, gotcha. I, I I'm happy with Launch School the way it is, and I'd be happy to do this just just right now, like the way it is. It's totally fine. So, um, but I you know first of all, thank you for trusting us, especially I think at a time where we didn't have a lot of evidence. I think at that time we again being one of the first capstone students, we 
we didn't have any salaries to show you, right? We were just like, doesn't it make sense? <laughs> Don't you think yeah. intuitively, uh, you know, if you learn things well and do all that and then, you know, trust my experience, right? I've been working for, um, you know, 15 years or something. And it's like, you know, I've been, I've hired people. So, you know, trust me there. But I think definitely tr for, for you, especially during that time, trust was super, super important. Now, of course, trust is important too, but we, we have a lot of evidence. And I actually think for a lot of people entering Capstone now, or entering launch school now, it's it's much easier, I think, because you see the salary numbers, you know, you see evidence um, of our graduates doing really well. So um, there's just more evidence, not just it makes sense, right? It may, so yeah. maybe you got lucky with me because I make those I make those sort of logical arguments all the time and make decisions about. Um, I get frustrated actually sometimes at work uh, because uh, I've realized that. You know, sometimes it's hard to qualify the value of of something that you shipped, like especially if you're mm -hmm. averting a problem and not necessarily solving a problem that's already been experienced. That can be tricky. Yeah, a lot of times, and I think this is this is just the key to life. You know, a lot of times it's just about short term and long term. You know, and and um, a lot of political debate is like that too. You know, somebody will propose a long term solution with some short term sacrifices, and somebody else will counter that by pointing out the faults of the short term. Uh, solution there. And it's like, yeah, that's what happens when you make a long-term decision um, is that there is some short-term sacrifice. And uh, of course, in life, we can't always be making long-term investments. We definitely need to have some short-term goals and, and uh, it, it, urgencies and emergencies and things like that that we have to solve as well. But like you said, investing in yourself for the long-term, I think is one of the best things you can do um, next to like investing in your health, right? Like those two. And we're, we're definitely focused on the long term. It's, it's just been very difficult for us to show proof of that. And again, I, I feel like we've been doing this for a long time. Just now we're, we're able to show proof through, through your success, you know, what it looks like years down the line if you, if you take time to learn things well. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to say that um, there's also uh, just in general, like, you know, I don't think my success is special in any way. Like one of the, I think a core thing um, is to understand is uh, like humans are more the same than they are different. So, you know, a lot of something that helps me is just, you know, if I ever have doubt, I can just go look at anybody else who, who has done the thing that I'm about to do. And, and they're not special. They're, they aren't smarter than you. They have neurons in their brain that form in a nearly identical process to the networks of neurons in your brain. Um, the only difference is like maybe past experiences and you got to sort of, you have your own landscape of experiences you got to build off of. So um, that's another thing that attracted to me to, I guess, launch school's approach is they aren't trying to like cookie cutter push people through it. And, and that sort of self-paced mode allows you to address your own starting point, like work from your own starting point. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really powerful to recognize uh, if you are struggling with like working through the curriculum or early on and, you, and you're like, ah, getting, getting a little uh, fr frustrated or anything. Um, it's just making having that recognition. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think that's so true. Having, you know, worked with so many students, I, I totally agree. People are more similar than they are different, but yeah, everyone's trying to figure out ways in which, other people's success, their experience prevents them from success, right? They're like, I'm, you know, too old 
to, you know, I don't have a computer science degree. I didn't finish college or whatever, right? There's just so many reasons, but um, I, I think for the most part, anybody anybody can do it. Uh, you're not special, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not special. Like the, the only specialness maybe is that like I've I've I have a few ideas where I like accepted them and bought into them, and I don't waste energy on like I mean I I, I have doubt of, of course, but I don't waste energy thinking like oh this person is a a genius and I'm dumb or, or, you know, right. Like my sister is like an amazing artist, but you know, I saw her when she started drawing and painting and she <laughs> sucked. She was terrible, you know? That's um, funny. and, but people are always like, she's so talented. I'm just like, she's not talented. There's no talent there. I see you grind it out for years. Yeah. Like, maybe that's why when I see you now, you know, I've known you now for what, three, over three years. And, and when I see logical students kind of go off and do amazing things, I think when we first encounter them, it might just be like, oh my gosh, this person, oh, you, you work at Facebook, right? On VR. Wow. Right? Like you must be a genius. Like I've seen you from the beginning. You're not a genius, yeah. Michael. <laughs> yeah. You talked me down from all the like, I was super anxious. I, I was really considering a, the like the first couple offers. There's an offer in Mexico. <laughs> Oh, right. I oh, remember maybe, that maybe one. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it, it's just that uh, sometimes it's hard to get perspective. Um, right. And you you sort of see this, you have this availability bias where the thing right in front of your face is, is really weighted strongly. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't step away from it and just think, oh, okay, like what lifetime of experiences that other person have that I don't, or, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll wrap up here. Thanks again so much, Michael. I, it's such a great story. And I love, love, love your um, sort of humility. And, um, and, I, and I totally agree with it. It's not just humility. It's, um, I think it's, it's, it's how people should, should view their journey. Um, and uh, thanks so much for sharing your story. And good luck on Monday, your first day at Facebook. And uh, maybe we'll invite you back in the future and uh, give, a, give a six month or maybe one year update on, on what's going on over on Facebook. Right on. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having me, Chris. Um, and thank you for the well wishes on Monday. <laughs> I've been kind of, I've been, I've been taking it pretty easy the last couple of weeks. So um, I'm looking forward to getting back to work. Yeah, I'm sure you did great. Okay. All right. Have a good day, Michael. Thank you. See you, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Launch School Podcast. Check back for new episodes and don't forget to like, subscribe and review.